Isaiah 41. And uh, let's read the whole chapter. Isaiah 41. Keep silence before me, O coastlands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Then let them speak. Let us come near together for judgment. Who raised up one from the east? Who in righteousness? Who gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings? Who gave them as the dust to his sword, as driven stubble to his bow? Who pursued them, who pursued them and passed safely by the way that he had not gone with his feet? Who has performed and done it? Calling the generations from the beginning, I, the Lord, am the first. And with the last, I am he. The coastlands saw it and feared. The ends of the earth were afraid. They drew near and came. Everyone helped his neighbor and said to his brother, Be of good courage. So the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith. He who smooths with the hammer inspired him who strikes the anvil saying it is ready for the soldering. Then he fastened it with pegs that it might not totter. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen. We have the God of Jacob for our help. The God of Jacob is our refuge, no matter what we're going through. The same God that was faithful to Israel, also known as Jacob, is faithful to us. When we believe him. Isaiah 41 verse 8. But you Israel are my servant. Jacob whom I have chosen. The descendants of Abraham. My friend. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth. And called from its farthest regions. And said to you. You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. What a word from the Lord. He said, I'm with you, I've chosen you, I have not cast you away. When we go through trials and afflictions, we can feel sometimes all alone. We can feel the weight of the pressure of the trial. We can feel that, is there any end in sight to the trial? God who calls Abraham his friend says, I've not forgotten about you. That's where he says, I've inscribed you in the palms of my hands. In other words, you're right before me all the time. Such is the love of God. What a gracious, tender God he is. That even through the valley, even through the fire, even through the desert, even through the river. God says, I'm with you. And he says, I've chosen you. You're my servant. I've chosen you and have not cast you away. When the enemy comes with all kinds of fearful predictions, when he comes with reminders of our past sins, the guilt, those who look to the Lord and believe what he's saying right here in this word, he says, I've called you to myself. I've chosen you. You are my servant and I've not cast you away. I've not forgotten about you. The next verse is the most powerful exhortation that God gives from heaven.
to every one of his children. And that's the famous verse in Isaiah 41.10. God says, I haven't forgotten about you. I'm the one who called you. I'm the one who chose you. You belong to me. Now I'm telling you, don't fear. Fear not. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you by my or with my righteous right hand. In the Psalms we read, the right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth or does valiantly. It's standing, and it speaks of the right hand, for everything God is. His whole power is vested, is represented by his right hand. And when he raises it, it's victory for his children. Hallelujah. Victory over our oppressors. Victory over the enemy. And he says, the Egyptians that you saw before, you will see no more. And any time the enemy comes to try to mimic and harass with what God has delivered us from once and for all, we have the opportunity and we have the obligation to remember the word of the Lord that he says, I have called you. I have chosen you. I have placed my seal upon you that you belong to me. Therefore, know that I haven't cast you away especially when you go through the trials. Don't fear, I'm with you. Don't be confounded. Don't be confused. He's higher than any confusion. Hallelujah. God brings life. He brings life where death is. He brings light where darkness is. He dismantles all the powers of darkness. But you know what he's looking for? As Joseph was tried in the prison, for some 13 years, the word of the Lord comes and tries us. And he does something extraordinary where he purifies us, he refines us. In Romans chapter 5, it says that the trials produce character and perseverance and hope. God is bringing us even closer to himself. In Genesis 22, the trial of Abraham's life, when the angel stopped him, the angel of the Lord, just as he was about to give his wholehearted worship in sacrificing of his son. The word came that now I know that you fear the Lord. And to fear the Lord is to keep his commandments, which is the same as loving God, because to love the Lord is to keep his commandments. It's as if God is saying, now I know that you haven't withheld even your most prized dearest possession, the son of promise, this child. And the Lord says, by this I know that you love me with all of your heart. Essentially, that's what he said. The Lord, when he gave his son, Jesus Christ, when God gave his son, Jesus Christ, the, Jesus is his dearest intimate friend. 
He is his son. He is one with him. When he gave his only beloved son, God was showing us that I love you with all my heart, my soul, my strength, my mind. God says, I want to demonstrate to you that as Abraham proved that he loves me with everything within him, God says, I love you with my total person. And how do I prove that? How do I prove that? By giving what is dearest to me, my own beloved son. That's the kind of love which speaks here in Isaiah 41, saying, fear not, I am with you, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. Happy is the people that has the God of Jacob for their help. God says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will uphold you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's hand is for us. He's with us. And as we receive this word, that God has not forgotten about us, when we're pressed into a situation, whatever you're going through, many of you are going through different things, we need to know that God is right there. He loves us. And he's working something out more than just the deliverance from that immediate situation. Romans 5, we read about that as we conclude this portion of the service today. Go into Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we have this connection with God, but when the trials come, the storms and the confusion, as if we're on a ship like the apostles were, the disciples in the book of Acts, the missionaries, And they had to go through a very dangerous open space of the Mediterranean Sea. And the Lord revealed to Paul, it's going to be a dangerous journey, but not one life will be lost. God has revealed it to me. Sure enough, the winds were contrary. And the the ship literally uh, started falling apart. But everyone made it to safety. That's the power of the promise of God. In Romans 5, it says, and not only that, not only do I know that I'm a Christian, I have Jesus, I have his blood on the cross to wash me clean and make me ready to go to heaven. He did it all. But God says, right where you are, I'm present to manifest my salvation. So he says, not only do you have the access and this hope, but we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, this ability to endure till the end and not give up, believing God. It's only when I go through the trial that I can prove to God and demonstrate that I trust in his word. Abraham's love was tested on Mount Moriah, Genesis 22. God's love, we can say, was tested to the ultimate degree on the hill called Golgotha. 
where he loved us so much that he did not withhold his dearest possession, his only beloved son. God showed us. He hasn't held anything back from us. That's how much he loves us. If I understand that concept of God's love, as in Romans 8 at the end, what shall separate us? And among the factors that could be brought up by the accuser, the devil, to say that, I know if I just allow this to happen, that's going to cut him off from God because, as he challenged Job, he's not going to stick with God now. Because, look, he's so overwhelmed with the trials and the afflictions. But Job was faithful. Abraham was faithful. And you and I can be and will be faithful. We shall be faithful. The tribulation produces endurance. There's a purging. And that endurance, it's written here, produces character. No more up and down. There's a steadiness that comes into one's life where we're not tossed to and fro anymore. And we're able to walk with a resolute determination that I am going to serve God no matter what. And through the trials and the tears, I will worship the living God because I know God will provide for himself what he's looking for from me. At the same time, as Abraham's faith was strengthened to the ultimate degree after that trial, your situation will produce in you when you trust God and believe his word that he loves you more than you can understand many times. God will bring you through, refine you and purge you, develop endurance in you. That's the only way. And then produce the character. And the character will give such a hope that we will not be disappointed. We'll have that ability to know my God is able to deliver me. He will deliver me, and he will get all the glory and honor because when I come through this, God will be able to say to other people, look at Paul, look at Abraham, look at Job, look at Daniel, and he can use your name right there in that statement to say that my child has trusted me, has hoped in my love and mercy, has come through victoriously, and now can show forth my praise and glory to others who are going through difficult situations. God is able. If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Through you, we should do valiantly. Thank you, Father, for truth. Thank you, Lord, for showing us tribulation, trials, Situations that may bring great sense of hopelessness and loneliness and abandonment. Lord, where people may feel confused, it's not because of you. It's the enemy that brings those feelings, and it's a test. I thank you, Lord, that we have read how much you loved us, and you proved it on Calvary. Hallelujah. Lord, based upon your love, you'll never allow anything to come to destroy us, but rather to refine us and strengthen us, make us stronger. So that we can actually say, I know when tribulation comes, glory is going to come out of it, and I will glory in it, because 
God said, it's going to produce in me endurance to stick with God to the very end be faithful. That endurance is going to produce a character. And that character is going to define who I am because I've made up my mind and I've proven it through different situations that I'm not letting go of God. God is not letting go of me. Hallelujah. And I have this hope that will never, ever be disappointed because the hope will become reality one day. We'll see you face to face. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your purging. I thank you for your sanctification. I thank you that you have much more in mind through the trials we go through that we may come out even mightier, even more victorious, even more with your glory, Lord, to show to the world and to the church of God, the brothers and sisters, that God is faithful. He's proven it once more. Hallelujah. We thank and praise you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.